My name's Paul Blakemore and this is Liam and we're season ticket holders in the family stand. We miss everything about Ellen Road but we've picked one thing that we miss most. What's yours? When I'm walking down Beeston Hill and I'm getting butterflies when I get closer to the ground. Good lad. And mine, there's so many to choose from but I think the minute marching on together starts to play and uh, the players come out, you know, it's, it's just an amazing feeling and we miss it very much don't we pal yeah this is this is it believe it's been almost a year to the day since Leeds fans last watched their team here at Ellen Road. On the 7th of March 2020, we beat Huddersfield 2-0 here, just before the country went into their first lockdown. So to mark this anniversary, this week we're going to reflect on you, the Leeds faithful, the most important part of any club. We're going to be hearing what you missed the most about being here and what you're most looking forward to in touch wood the not-too-distant future. But first, let's introduce the gang as usual. Matt Lewis is here from across the pond. You all right, Matt? Yes, very well. Thank you very much. How's it going becoming a champion? <laughs> oh, well, it's going okay. It's going okay. We've had uh, a bit of a COVID scare over here, Florida, obviously. I feel like every day is a COVID scare over yeah. here. Um, so I've had to be sort of postponing things. But I had a test. I am negative. I will be getting back in the gym. That's that's all I've got to report. We've heard that before, haven't we? And are you still are you still reading your book on how to become a champion? Yeah, the book. Yeah, well, again, it had to go on. It had to go be postponed um, for the week, but um, yeah, ready to get back into it. It's a book. How could it be postponed? Well, I, I, it's been postponed because I've not been going in the gym. I've had to put a a block because it's a thirty day program, and I've had to take a few days out because can't go to the gym. You know. So you can't do body weights? Oh, so's Mr. Athlete over here. I'm too light, mate. <laughs> I'm too light. Oh, that is the biggest girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm too strong and too light. That's my problem. <laughs> Patrick Bamford joins us as always. How are you, Pat? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Feeling okay? You'll be pleased to know we're not going to talk too much about the game today. Well, and uh, Jermaine Bedford joins us. <laughs> yes, from home. Yes. Yes, he is not in a car park this week. Thank you so much for making the effort to get home for us. Uh, pleasure. I walked. I had to leave the car there. So there's a, a Range Rover in a car park in Liverpool. The key's still in the ignition. It won't work. So yeah, just crack yeah, on if you want spares. Or... That's, oh, that's long gone. <laughs> yeah, no tyres left. On well, it's good to see you all again. And no pressure, lads. But I've been told so many fans are listening to our podcast that we're already in the top 1% most listened to podcast in the world. So we've got fans tuning in from the US. Your pals over there, Matt. Yes. Australia, Norway, Germany, France, India, and South Africa. That's pretty cool, that. You know what? Like, as as obviously being the Premier League and, and the way we're playing at the minute is huge exposure, but that's even that's long before what's been happening in the last year. Like Leeds Leeds has been has been global for for as long as I've been alive. Like, like these these countries are these are probably people who've been Leeds fans for for 30, 40 years, you know? And um and we're just we're already big and we're just growing and growing. It's, it's amazing. It certainly is. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Thank you. We do appreciate it. Um, let's talk very briefly about the game. Patrick, I'll come to you first. How are you feeling after that? Um, it was frustrating, I think, more than anything. I think it, that game really was a nil-nil. had nil-nil yeah. written all over it. I mean, 100%. The, the chance where start of the game where I shot and slipped and Rafa just couldn't get on the end of it, was literally a mirror image of how they scored their goal, a slip and mm. someone ran in and, and did it. So there weren't actually that many chances in the or clear-cut chances in the game. 
And I don't think we did enough. I think Marcelo said after the game that we didn't do enough attacking-wise, creating chances. And once they got the goal, they just sat in and um, made it hard work. So it was a it was a tough one when you're in the change room after that because you feel like you could have done more after those kind of games. That was the frustrating bit because they scored so early and then just sat back. It was almost yeah. inevitable we were going to put so much pressure on them and batter them and get the ball out wide and move it through the middle and break the lines quickly, which we did do. But as you mentioned there, Marcelo was talking about the the final third. Again, it's it's frustrating. If they'd scored 60th minute or so and the game continued in, in the same manner as what we saw, I don't think it would have been as disheartening because we could have turned around and said, right, well, we just didn't have enough time to break them down. They were they were really well defensively organised for the remaining 20, 30 minutes. But because it was, what, 80 odd minutes or something, it was it's painful. It's painful to take, isn't it? Yeah, it was a. <clears throat> I've been pretty miserable all weekend after that game um, because of the, because of those reasons, the frustration of it. Uh, I didn't think that we played particularly badly at all, um, and uh, it just wasn't coming off. Like all the fifty fifty bounces were mm. all sort of going their way, particularly at the back. Yeah. Um, it was always going to be cagey without the players that they were missing, um, and if they got that first goal, we knew they were going to they were going to do that. Um, I think if it had gone like the Southampton game or even the reverse fixture and nil-nil at half-time, I think we would have probably won a couple of goals, 3-0 or something. But them getting that goal, which was a bit of a scrappy, lucky goal. I mean, great finish, but it was it was fortuitous, I should say. Was it a great finish or was it a good finish? It was a it was a it was a it was a good finish yeah. because of the way that he he took it down, you know, when he was already he was slipping mm. as well and he took it down and he finished mm. it well, but it was a bit fortuitous, like the the the, the playthrough was a slip and and whatever. But anyway, the point is that them scoring that early really it kind of ruined the game. Yeah, and, and also again, I don't like to moan about. Well, I do like to moan about referees. Yes, you but do. I have to say it had it had um, sort of shadows of the Spurs game where you've got players, some of them who I thought looked completely out of their depth, couldn't handle the speed um, and and the and the the vision that Leeds had in passing. And so we're just fouling all over the middle of the park and getting away with it. And and mm. when 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 referees give a yellow card and then and then for some reason don't want to give a second yellow for probably the same if not a worse offence because they're scared of sending someone off. That's just uh, that frustrates that frustrates me immensely. And I thought you had, I thought you deserve a penalty in, in uh, late on as well, Pat. To be honest, do you know what it actually with the penalty at the end, the whole thing. I I, I don't think it was a penalty personally. But the before when the ref brought us together, he he said to I think it was Target Tyrone, um, oh yeah, or one of them. He said, "Stop! Yeah. If you keep doing that, it's going to be a penalty." So all I did was make sure that he, he the way I moved that he had to grab me again and like kind of basically nudge me down. And so I just went down, and because it was the same thing, thinking, "Well, the ref said if he does that again, it's a penalty," and. Um, he didn't give it. And after the game, I wanted to speak to him, which he was saying he didn't want to speak on, on the ca- in front of the cameras, which was fair enough. And he was actually honest and mm. fair enough. He spoke to me in the tunnel and just said that he was honest about his his, uh, his views on it. And he took his time to actually come and speak, which not a lot of refs do. Yeah, it's quite surprising. Interesting that you said you didn't think that was a penalty. And I, I want to ask both of you about this because I, I know that attackers and defenders both do this and all the shirt pulling in the box and stuff. But if he's grabbed your shirt and he's pulled you down 
on the halfway line, you're going to get a free kick for that. Yeah. So wh- why don't, and same same question to you, Bex, why don't you mm. think that's a penalty? It's soft, isn't it? It's yeah. soft. It shouldn't be a free it's kick. Soft. It shouldn't be a penalty. But because they're given as free kicks, there shouldn't be two separate sets of rules. It should be the same right across the pitch, whether it's uh, in the attacking penalty box or the defensive one. I hate it. I hate the rules on on penalties and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I saw, um, I was watching Liverpool um, play and Mane had an opportunity to go down after contact in the box. Penalty all day long, but he stayed on his feet. And what happened on the back of that is nothing. He didn't get a free, he didn't get a penalty for it. They ended up getting a, a goal kick. So it makes you think, well, if you're going to be honest and stay on your feet, what is the point if you're not going to get anything and, and it's not going to get pulled back? Yeah. You know, and I think that's exactly what what um, I would have done the same thing as as what Pat did. Just made make the referee aware of what's happening and try and broadcast it on a, a wider platform so more people can see it. I mean, I you know, I'm not a professional as we're all aware, but if you, I feel yeah, like I if you can, <laughs> if you can, <laughs> if you can't. Stay, stay with an attacker if you can't stay with a striker without pulling his shirt you deserve to be penalised for that as far as I'm concerned yeah I think Bex, Bex is right as well that people are complaining about players going down softly the best way to eradicate that is if someone is honest and stays up but they don't gain an advantage from not going down pull it back and give the foul and then reward people for being honest rather than right doing it the opposite way around. Yeah. Right, I think we've officially put the world to rights here. Are you all happy to part that one there, lads? Yeah, yeah. yeah let's do a Jose. Let's do a Jose yeah. Mourinho. We'll, we'll part the bus. We'll leave that there, shall we? Patrick, I'm sure you're happy to do so. Yeah, just let that one yeah? go. Yeah. <laughs> we shall move on. I think the weirdest thing that I find, for me, is actually superstitions. Like when I'm driving to Ellen Road... I'm missing waving at map pies and saluting map pies. I'm missing going to my lucky brick where I've had it put down near Billy's statue and tapping my foot on it three times. And what I'm really missing is climbing up them flipping stairs, getting to my seat, turning round and just thinking, yeah, we're here. Come on, boys. I love that. We all I miss it, that. don't we? So much. Uh, Do you know what? <laughs> what a year it's been when you think about it for Leeds. Um, winning the championship, Promotion back to the Premier League after so long and an incredible season so far. But it's been so weird doing it without the fans in the grounds. And and we've all got our own unique relationship with the club. Bex, obviously, having played for the club. Matt, you as a fan. And Pat, you've got some sort of link with Leeds as well, too, I believe. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now, we know that there's hope fans can start to get back into games over the coming months, which is amazing. Uh, So with that in mind, we've had a few Leeds fans tell us what they're missing most and what they're most looking forward to as soon as they can get back to Ellen Road. Uh, So we're going to be hearing from them throughout the rest of this podcast. But firstly, Pat, I've got to ask you, how weird has it been? I know you're probably used to it now, but how weird's it been playing in an empty stadium? The first few games were horrible. It was like back in the days when you played reserve games and it was just an empty stadium and there was no atmosphere and the game was kind of dead. And I think that it showed that when we played Cardiff for the first game away, mm. like how flat it was. It just didn't feel right. And then we had the idea, or somebody had the idea at Leeds of trying to pump fake crowd noise in whilst we're playing, which was disastrous it sounded even worse <laughs> so it was it was an adjustment period but it's one of them things where we have got used to it like you said um but they're sorely missed it's just, so the one thing I miss most is you, when you score and you celebrate with them 
and obviously you're pumped that you've scored, so you're celebrating kind of ferociously. But it just gets when you see someone in the crowd <laughs> going even more nuts than you, it just hypes you up even more. <laughs> yeah, I miss that. That's just nuts. Do you think that when the fans come back into the stadiums, that yeah, when you score a goal, you know the adrenaline that you have. The, the energy you show, you're just burning loads of energy when you're screaming in front of the fans. Do you think that that might, might hamper our progress immediately after scoring goals? What do you mean? Do you mean because they're exerting so much energy yes. in that moment that then yes. after they might not have them? One-up them syndrome fans. with the fans. I could go crazier than you. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> and then you're just like, come on then. And he's like, yeah, let's do it, man. And then he's like, yeah, rock out. Like, like what Matty says nowadays. <laughs> that is what I say. <laughs> no, I, I think that the adrenaline, I think that it just keeps you going. Because even if you're tired, like when you score, it just gives you that, that extra boost. Oh. I, th- I don't think it's going to tire yeah. us out. Just... You know, remember that Millwall game where you said you just knew we were going to win that coming yeah. from behind? If we'd have had that with the Arsenal game and then with Villa this weekend, I think, do you think if we'd have had fans, we probably would have gone on to win those games? Yeah, I do. Yeah, certainly. Probably a handful of games this year, I think. Yeah. Like I said, the nil-nil at Arsenal, or at Leeds yeah. against Arsenal. Um, Both Wolves games. Mm. Yeah, the Wolves game. Uh, there's another. There was another one close at home. Did, did we draw? Who else have we drawn against at home? Um, we haven't drawn. We've only drawn. Stepman, two, Matt. We? We're we've drawn two, aren't we? We're drawn with with Arsenal and Arsenal. Um, Man City. You never know with the crowd there, the Man City yeah, game yeah. as well. So it mm. does make it makes a massive difference. I think you you kind of take it for granted when you're used to it the whole time, and then it, it disappears. You just forget what an impact it has. Are you concerned about having fans back in the stadiums, like trying to impress them a little bit, maybe trying something you wouldn't normally try? Uh, not so much. Cause I think. The first game will probably be a little bit strange again, adjusting back to it. But I think then, mm. once you're in the, in the kind of the, in the game, you, you kind of drown, drown out the noise, don't you? You don't hear it as much until, like, an instance if you do score, then it all comes like zooming back in. But you kind of block it out when you're in the pressure situations. So I don't mm. think it's going to have a bad influence on us. I feel like. You guys have certainly built up enough goodwill over the last year that even if you have a bad one, like no one's going to be getting on your backs too much this season. Um, I think you'll probably be able to get through the rest of this season. Even if you lose like 3 0 at home, I don't think anyone's going to beat you guys up too much. Maybe next year, but yeah, this they year. Probably I, think, will. I think you're all right. I think you might. I think you might yeah, we probably will, actually. I think you've, I think you've probably done, you've done enough this year that, that, that we can see how hard, even when it's not coming off, we can see how hard you're all working. I don't know if people are going to. Give you too much stick this year. No, not worried about stick. Just a little bit of anxiety because we know how incredible the Leeds United fans are. So having a full house back at Ellen Road after it being almost like a ghost town would just be like chalk and cheese. So you've gone from being used to having no fans in there, which initially started off a little bit bizarre, a little bit strange. And then it's gone to the the complete opposite extreme Mm. where you're, you're just, you're in the midst of the arena and it's just carnage. It's, it, do you think it would take a little bit of time to get used to that again? Is that, that's, that's kind of what I, I meant. I think there'll be a little bit of pressure because having missed out on the majority of the season, us as players will want to put, a, whichever game they're allowed back into, we'll almost want to put like a massive show on for them. Mm. So mm. Th- there might be the fact that we, we're trying extra hard because we know they're there and we want them, want them to see something special for the first time in mm. 16 years. 
So uh, there might be that. When you think about that first game when there's fans there and you think, you know, it, you know, it's an hour till kickoff, what what kind of feeling does that give you when you think about that first game with them being there? I imagine it would be, be like when, when it's a big game and the fans were allowed in, you could hear them above you when you're in the changing room. Mm. So even if you've got the music on, you can kind of, you can sense the atmosphere and you get the, you can the, feel the, the chills rumble. and the feeling. Yeah, and you get that feeling when you're in the dressing room. So I imagine it's just going to be a heightened version of that. Do you know what I miss is even when... Um, oh. When I was, you know, when I was here and watching the games, when I'd gone to the toilet and we'd a goal in, I knew a goal had gone in because you would hear the, the ground would, above me would just go mental. You'd just hear it like that. And it was the best thing. Although you were hoping that it was it was Leeds that had scored. But like, I miss, no, but it is, it's little things like that. I miss the smell of like the food and like seeing the security guards walking in and saying mm. hello and having like your favourite ones that you give a hug to all the time. It's the little things, isn't it, that you miss about a match day. But Pat, you know, in that last game against Huddersfield, how aware were you that it could be the last one without fans for a while? Well, we didn't realise it was, I think the next game was Cardiff and we didn't actually realise until two days before the Cardiff game that it was going to be such a big deal. Obviously there was talk about it and uh, mm. no one had really said that the world was, or the country was going to shut down for three months. And so we were all planning to play the, the next game on the Saturday or whenever it was. And then it just abruptly stopped and we went home and the next day the van turned up with the physios dropping off like exercise kit. And then it was just that and we just didn't know what was happening. We just told to stay at home and, and give them programmes to do. So it was strange and no one really anticipated it. I mean, after the Huddersfield game, we just thought we were going into the next game as normal. And are you, are you guys kind of... Um kept out of the loop with 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 things that are going on higher up in the club and in the football league and all the rest of it like you guys kind of on a need to know basis do you feel sometimes so you kind of like find out last minute with all those kind of decisions like angus mentioned the the last week there's kind of a group of us that is probably six of six maybe seven of us who just throughout the lockdown was we're in con- constant contact with angus and the club and so they were kind of feeding it back to us and then feeding it back to the rest of the boys in the WhatsApp group or if it wasn't to all six or seven of us, it was to Coops as a skipper and he would like filter it down to us. And now with the everyday being in training, most of the information just comes from Rob, Rob Price, the head of medicine, uh, head of the department. And um, he tells us everything that he he gets involved in with the, the government and the Premier League, like Zoom calls or whatever's going on. So we're kind of kept up to date. And one thing that, because we've had so many Leeds fans get in touch, you know, with their the things that they're missing and the things they're looking forward to. One thing loads of you has mentioned um, that really underlines the whole Leeds experience is family, um, like Stephen. Hi, it's Stephen from Marching Out Together. God, nearly a year since we were in the grounds. Who can believe it? I really, really miss uh, the time I spend with my brother pre-match. We go to the pub, we have a pint, we catch up um, and just make sure each other's okay. And from there, I really miss going into the ground and catching up with um, people who I, I couldn't even tell you the names, um, to be honest with you. But we just have a real good laugh and you get to really know these people and and and, uh, and have a good time with them. Um, so the atmosphere and, and being with, uh, with fellow fans... And then finally, if it's a good win, you miss going out celebrating, don't you? And I think that last game, we went to the Huddersfield game where 
uh, where we won um, and you just had a feeling that it was going to be our year was a really good celebration. This is the Bushnell family and what I miss most about going to the games is that father-son time <laughs> I get to spend with my son watching the football, having a cheeky bet and uh, just that general father-son bonding time over the football. What I really miss is when, um, like, if we score and, like, I'd hug my dad, but then you turn around and hug a stranger. <laughs> and it's just like that thing of, like, being, like, all being together and just hugging, like, random strangers when you celebrate. That's what I miss the most. Can't wait to get back. Hopefully next season we'll all be back to a packed out Ellen Road. Oh, yeah. you three look really sad as well hearing that. It's, it is heartbreaking when you hear that, isn't it? Because it's huge. Even that, you know, hugging a stranger, you do. You, you don't know the names of half the people. You just grab them and hug them, don't you? Because you all, it's like a shared moment of joy. And Matt, mm. I know for you, like Leeds is a big family thing. And obviously you're a long, long way at the minute. Um, but what have you missed the most about being here? Well, I mean, it's 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 exactly that description, really. It's just, it, it, there's something about, Sport. I mean, it's very tribal, isn't it, in, in nature, but it, it makes you just feel like you belong to something and and that the community uh, spirit and that everyone in there has got your back. Uh, your hopes and dreams are all on the same thing, on, on, on trying to get a goal and get a win. And it's just, there's something about that, having that with tens of thousands of people all just hoping for the same thing. There's some, some um, sense of belonging there that um that I think humans as a social animal craves, you know what I mean? And um and it's one thing that that I certainly have missed um being over here in, in the US. I don't I mean apart I mean I like baseball, but they don't have the same um the the fans aren't as I don't want to say not passionate, that's not really fair, but there's just they're not as feral, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But they're not as uh, they're just not it's not quite the same as that. It's it's more of um it's more of uh, going out and having a few drinks and there might be a game going on in the background that you occasionally look over to. It's not 40,000 people, eyes locked at the field, watching every single moment, reacting together. And, um, and and I don't feel like you get the same level of jubilation when you beat Barnsley 1-0. Like it's just, like, there's just something about about the football um, community. And, and I have really hugely missed that. The years I've been over in the United States and... Um, Whenever I've come back to England, I've 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 got to a game, and um, and I really do um, miss that. Luckily, having found this, or founded, I should say, this supporters <laughs> club here, and found a bunch of Leeds Leeds fans that are all from Leeds here in in Orlando, it's made such a huge difference for me. Like watching games with those, like I never miss a game now at the pub, um, and watching it with those guys, and even the first game against Liverpool, I didn't know any of them. I literally just went down and asked if I could come watch it with them. And um and literally when that first when when Pat scored first one I was oh Jack Harrison scored the first one Jack and yeah, um yeah. and when that first goal went in like we're all we're all just like going crazy and and suddenly now like we're in a group we we chat all the time I feel like I've known them for years and it's Leeds United that's done that do you know what I mean and um and so I can't wait for everyone back home knowing what that's meant for me away here and how it's made me genuinely so much happier having that that that. Um, shared culture and, and that community I can't wait for people back home to be able to get there and experience that it, it's it's ge- it genuine it's fulfilling do you know what I mean it's like it, it's it's something that humans crave and need and I can't wait for people to get back to it they must be missing it so much no pressure Patrick but there's plenty of strangers needing to hug strangers so you need to keep doing <laughs> do the know? job when they're allowed back <laughs> when in when he said that I was just picturing 
when we play away and you score and you just see like about 10 people all jumping on each other. It just is as yeah. if there's no <laughs> chairs there at all. They're all just piling on. It's actually mental. Well, I used to, so I used to go, I was going to away games when I was about 15 uh, with the Maverick Whites and we used to go on the coach with them and, and, I, I was I was nervous about it. A lot of blokes who've been doing this for, for for years, decades, and I was like, I felt really out of my depth. And and I, oh, am I in the right seat? Is someone going to tell me to move and shout at me? Is a, is a steward going? You know all this kind of stuff. Mm. And they were great. They just take you under their wing and they look after you and they make sure you you leads. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> and they take care of you. And 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 I and I grew up going to games like that. And then the same at Ellen Road. And suddenly, like when that goal goes in, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are. What's if they're wearing white or they've got a Leeds badge on it? Like that's all. That's that's the only thing. And it's um, you don't get that with many. With, there's not many things in in the world that can bring people together like that. And um, and I think that this lockdown's really illuminated for a lot of people what it what it, you know you don't know how good something is till it's gone. You know what I mean? And, and I think a lot of people are realizing mm. now that the the particularly grassroots as well. I mean, it's great we're in the Premier League, but we cannot afford to lose grassroots football in this country. It means too much to too many people. It really does. Matt, you make me excited for when it happens again. I can't again. wait. Yeah. Same. I'm Same. Just so excited now. To- oh. Right. <clears throat> Joe's also been in touch. He's raised a very important point that I think is on a lot of fans' minds. Hi, it's Joe at All Leeds TV. Um, it's quite fitting that it's a year since um, that, that Huddersfield game because, of course, we got to see the long, flowing, beautiful Vidal Sassoon locks of, uh, <laughs> of Bill Ayling. And um, it was the only positive, really, we could take from, from Villa uh, the other night, to be fair, was we got to see that for about 10, 15 seconds. But yeah, what I'm missing most, it's Bielsa ball up close and personal for me. Um, and, and the new players that, that we've got, Rafinha, Rodrigo, obviously Bamford in, in hot form. It's just getting to see that in the flesh it's totally different viewing it through a tv screen you know i squeeze my mate every time something goes on and he he always stops squeezing me but i just get so giddy <laughs> i'm like a child when i see that stuff up close and personal so that's what i miss most and i can't wait for that to become a reality again very very soon oh we hope so joe we hope so but that's a that's a really valid point actually nobody's seen the new players in the flesh nobody's chanted rafinha's name like it's such a shame, isn't it? I know. And he's the type of player as well that people and Leeds fans will pay to come watch Leeds no matter who's playing. But he's the kind of player that people will pay just to go see him because he just, he does things that excite mm. the crowd. And he, it might be a flat game and he might, he's the kind of player that can just all of a sudden raise the atmosphere with one thing that he does. I think Leeds, Leeds fans will love him when they, when they see him in the flesh. It's going to be... I'm just interested to see what song they give him. I don't know if they've created one. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. that. <laughs> or maybe we could create a chant on here ready for when they come we'll back. We'll do it. We'll have it in yes. order for next week. Yes. We'll Great do idea. We'll Let's do week. it. Let's do that. We will create a chant and we want to yep. hear it the first game we're allowed back in. I love that. Love that. Love that. Players like him, right? When you sign these these players that are you know, coming from Brazil and, 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 and is this clearly he's going to be this if not already this world-class player and it's like you want to you want to showcase everything that's that's the best about Leeds right because you know we've only just back in the Premier League and already you've got the press linking him to to Liverpool and, and other clubs and it's like we want to show why he should be at Leeds and 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 a full Ellen Road and the way the fans are with players like you saw it when you guys went up and the celebrations outside Ellen Road that is a huge selling point. And, and players like Rafinha, not only do they deserve that, 
for the way they're playing, but also the city of Leeds deserves to be able to show what what the fans bring and what the what, what it means to us. And and it, when we want to attract these kind of names, a full house at Ellen Road is so crucial. And and I'm and I'm so excited for these new lads like Rodrigo, Rafinha, um, and uh, you know everyone we've signed this year um, to experience that and and to and to realise that they are home in Leeds and the fact it's the fans that will do that. Patrick, have you have you explained to them what that will feel like? Because yes, they haven't that's what I was right, they haven't yeah, they haven't experienced it. We haven't actually between the lads we haven't spoken about it because it was still kind of up in the air when they'd be allowed back in as if they'd be allowed back in this season. I think that probably when it gets closer to it then the lads will start talking about it and start kind of hyping it up and it would be like a big build up I'd say the week before that that game actually happens. So it, it just thinking about it now it excites me, but I don't want to get too excited. <laughs> yeah. I can government. see you can see it in Pat's face. <laughs> yeah. You can see it in Pat's face. The emotion, you can see the emotion start growing on his face. Mate, I, I'm I'm buzzing for you. I can't wait to as um one of the the um sound clips we heard earlier, one of the fans were talking about walking up the steps and then walking through saying hello to all the people. Like I've been fortunate enough to to have both sides of it. So going through the tunnel um, and then coming out into a a massive open arena and having that adulation and and hearing it from that perspective. But I've also had the other side where you you still go up the steps, but you turn right instead of left and you go up more steps and then you go to, uh, I'm quite fortunate, I get to go to the boxes and pretend that I know people in there. (laughs) I don't, but don't don't let them know that I'm joking. Um, But I immersed myself in the whole culture of being a Leeds fan now because I'm retired. And as much as I hate being retired, I love it because I get to watch people like Pat and Rafinha and Calvin and all these other guys and cheer them on. Like if anybody that's seen me in the crowd, knows I'm a little bit nuts. Knows I'm a little bit nuts. 50-50 tackles, I'm up in the air. Headers, I'm up in the air. Goals, I'm up in the air dancing. I'm a nutcase. But just, I, I just love in the it. Crowd. I love it. And that's what I miss. Yeah. <laughs> well. well. <laughs> but this is the thing. It, it's just Leeds United. That's what Leeds United does. That's what it does. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing again. Do you know what I think is going to be brilliant as well about it is that coming out of a year of this, you know, social distancing and all the rest of it. We've not been allowed to touch people. We're not allowed to get near anyone. Everyone's going to be a bit tentative. Like, oh, can, am I allowed to shake his hand? Am I am I am I allowed to get close to this person? And it's like suddenly, once the first whistle goes, everyone's going to forget all about it. And it's going to be because yeah. there's always that worry. Like, are we ever going to get back to it? Are we ever going to be comfortable? As soon as that first whistle goes, everyone will be comfortable, and it's going to be great. <laughs> Can you imagine that first goal? As soon oh, as that first oh, goal is scored, yeah, yeah. wow. It's going to be nuts. Pitch invasion. <laughs> imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll get fine duck points. I've got, I've got a picture. The last time we went, well, last time I did it was against um, Bristol. That was the last time I was uh, on the pitch yeah. at Ellen Road. I've got a good picture of that. I don't, th- I don't think we got fined for that, did we? I think we were allowed that one. No, I think we got, we got a tickle for that. Yeah. Oh, did we? We got oh, a little tickle. For Sorry, yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say we, not me. I formally apologise to Leeds United. I was having so much fun. Blame Andy Hughes for it. Um, he, was, he was carried on by yeah. one of the adults he went with. <laughs> but I, ra- I, ra- I was up in the nosebleeds in East Stand. I ran down so many flights of stairs to get on the pitch. Like, no joke, man. <laughs> yes. Right, should we hear from a few more? more fans then yes my name's pete uh, i had a season ticket for 17 years uh, i miss the feeling when players come out the tunnel the feeling of leads attacking towards the goal i sit behind the cop um missing 
players celebrating with fans after a goal and I miss most uh, I miss the noise because no amount of fake crowd noise on the telly can do what a full Ellen Road can do Hi, this is Luca Ramini. I think the one thing I miss the most about not being able to go to football games is the feeling of walking through the entrance to the stadium for the first time, seeing the football pitch, all the players warming up and just the general atmosphere of the crowd making noise before the game. Hi, my name's Oscar and I miss the whole match day experience. From my dad trying to get a parking space and checking my phone to see my favourite player is starting. Also, I love being part of the atmosphere and all the funny chants. Can't wait to be back and finally watching Premier League football for the first time. Oh my God, that's so true. It's going to be a privilege trying to battle your way into getting a car parking space, isn't it? Do you know what? I'm not looking forward to that. (laughs) I'd forgotten about that aspect of it. (laughs) It's so easy at the moment. You just drive in, pull up, hop out your car, straight in the building. Yeah, but you'd take that, wouldn't you? You, You'd take it all over again to know that that means all the fans are here. Yeah. And also, he made a really good point, like... 16 years since we've been in Premier League, there's going to be so many fans that have never actually seen Leeds in the Premier League. Mm. It's going to be a mm-hmm. whole new experience for a whole new generation of fans um, who've never never, never had that. And um, so, yeah, no pressure, Pat, at all, mate. Be good. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Um, Pat, you know, during this time, while we've been in lockdown and obviously we've been yeah. like allowed an hour's exercise here and there's been different rules and stuff, how many fans have come up to you and interacted with you or said things to you in the street? During the first lockdown, I had it quite a bit. There was one guy when I was walking the dog, just randomly started talking and then decided halfway through that he was like, I think I recognise you. I was like, oh, um, he's like, is, is your name Bamford? I was like, yeah. And then he started talking for ages. And in the village now, um, to kind of speak to everyone who kind of passed when going on runs and stuff, they'd always just be like, hi, hello, how are you? And so if I was walking the dog, then they'd stop and talk and have a few chats with them. So it has been, it's been nice to kind of have that interaction whilst kind of socially distanced, even though you weren't supposed to bump into people. It's kind of inevitable when you everyone walks the same dog trail. You say nice. that was in the first lockdown of people just giving mm. up now, lockdown <laughs> 3.0. Do people not care anymore? To <laughs> um, be honest, this, this lockdown... <laughs> This last or latest one's been a bit of a nightmare with um, not so much Leeds fans, but the autograph hunters. They they've been like mm. camping outside the training ground, and you know you know the ones who aren't Leeds fans. They just get your stuff and sell it on eBay because yeah. um, it's the same faces. And so I think that they're kind of taking advantage. But it'd be nice to see the actual true fans getting stuff signed like after That's a game and stuff when they're allowed. Shouldn't be so big time, should you, Patrick, eh? That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Is that who broke into your house That's after an autograph? Is that what that was? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, my match ball did go missing, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, just finally, lads, how important has football been to all of you, I guess? Obviously, you, Patrick, from a playing point of view, but Jermaine and Matt, how much has it kept you going and been good for, you know, mental health over the last year? Well, I mean, yeah, I, like I sort of said earlier, you don't you don't know how much you're going to miss something until it's gone. And then that first um, sort of back in March when they started to shut everything down and all sport just ceased to be like I I was I was going mad. I just didn't know what to do with myself. Um, there's just kind of a thing that you're always, whether it's you know football or rugby league or or whatever it is, is always you know something to look forward to. And I I, I love I've always been sport 
mad and I love all I love watching all kinds of different sports and it's uh, I love the I love the the roller coaster of emotion of watching a a team supporting a team basically throughout whatever the match is and um and I kind of live for that and and I've always had that moment of oh well the next game is on so and so day that's what I'm looking forward to like even now I'm like counting down the days West Ham like like that's the next game um and and that suddenly just went and it was like oh okay. So I've got no to. This is just sort of just twiddling my thumbs. Just, just the days are ticking by, but there's no, there's no I'm waiting for. There's no I'm looking forward to, um, and that was kind of really um, miserable. It was really just boring. I said I just didn't have all to do, um, and even the talking about it. You know, like even between games, like obviously we've got this podcast, but I talked to my brother endlessly about stuff, about rumors, about formations, about what who we think's going to be playing, who's going to be fit. Um, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then none of that was happening because nothing was happening. So it's suddenly like huge, huge, I suppose I should probably find someone else to talk about, but huge bits that I used to talk to people about. I just no longer had anything to discuss. Um, and it was it was rubbish. Um, and getting football back was massive. And I know chatting to my dad back home, who my dad's a rugby league man. He's not a huge football fan, but he's watching like every game because he's just like, it's, it's keeping him going, like being able to watch sport and following it and following leads and stuff. And I'm just so glad that they were able to get games going and that it's not been shut down again. You know, there's been a few touch and go moments, but I I shudder to think what it would have been like for people if this whole year in lockdown or, you know, whatever, we'd had no football. I, it would have been mm-hmm. depressing, even more depressing than it than it already is. Do you remember when um, German football came back first and we were all huge Bundesliga fans? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I, I was Stuttgart. That's who I got. I was just like, yeah. everyone just sort of pick a, pick a team. Pick a team, any team. <laughs> that was a bit of a glory hunter. I went Dortmund. Oh, of course <laughs> Straight <you did>. away. <laughs> I, went, I went Bayern. <laughs> oh, even worse. Right, okay. Very good. Very good. I see. I, I wasn't trying to hide. I wasn't trying to hide. I'm, I'm front centre. Go on then. I'll go for Bayern. Speaking of Dortmund, Pat, are you at all worried about when when Haaland signs in summer that you're going to be fighting for your, for your, for your space or what? No, we'll be playing a two up top by then. Oh, we'll be we? playing two, four, four, two, yeah, right? two up top. Yeah. I relish the competition. Okay. <laughs> um, but Jermaine, for you, how important has it been? How much has it helped you over the last year, football? Oh, a lot. Football has just been brilliant. It's given me an opportunity to get out and talk about the thing that I love the most. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to play the game that I love the most, more so than any any other um, activity and most things in life. But to be able to talk about it on a daily basis um, and go to various different locations as well. I think I've been in a very fortunate position and I know this, that I've been able to go to different locations and, and different stadiums and talk to different people um, and work with different people and see different sites and watch games live. For me, having just retired as well, I thought it was going to be a tricky period in my time uh, in my life because you go from being completely consumed with playing football day in, day out for four hours a day and you know exactly what you're doing within those four hours. And then when you finish, you go home, that's your downtime, that's your relaxing time. I had my routine and it worked perfectly for me. At when this this whole um, lockdown thing started, I thought to myself, wow, I'm going to have to figure out a new routine here, something that works for me, something that I'm going to be able to enjoy doing. And when you're used to being 
based mainly around the fitness side of things and, and staying active and outdoorsy, you can't really be stuck inside at a computer without going nuts. And and that's one thing that I have been fortunate enough to to avoid. I'm, I'm a little bit crazy, don't get me wrong, but I enjoy what I'm doing. And without the sport being back, I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably be a gardener. <laughs> no wrong with that. Bit of horticulture. Oh. Hey, listen, I've got a bit. I've got a bit, Pat. You'll be surprised, mate. I'd love to see that. I've, I've, I've done the veg patch. I've, I've done all the lawns. I've done all sorts, mate. Knocked down walls. Oh, what are you growing? <laughs> Nothing yet. <laughs> I missed the boat, didn't I? <laughs> but for you, obviously, Patrick, you've been you've been playing. You know, you, you so you're you're able to fully immerse yourself into it as well, but. How weird would it have been for you this last year if football had stopped completely and you'd just not had the opportunity to do that? Well, I think it would have been impossible. I mean, it's almost like, I know it's a, technically it's a job, but it's also like a hobby in what you feel like you're born to do. So you're kind of having that taken away from you. And even in the three months that we were locked down, yeah, we got to kind of go out and exercise and trying to keep ourselves fit and push ourselves every day. But it's not the same as competing and playing playing the game. So I honestly, I don't know what I'd have done if it had, if it had gone from March until now for the whole year. Then yeah, I'd have, I'd have probably lost my mind just waiting. I I actually turned to, <laughs> to get that bit of competitiveness in the first lockdown. I'd started playing FIFA Ultimate Team Weekend League <laughs> to get to try and compete and just have that like bit of competitiveness back. And uh, that only lasts for so long because you, you can't replace it. And and how important has it, I mean, you know, without it, of course, you would have been devastated. But how important has it been to you to have that routine, to have the absolute highs as well that you've had over the last year? Yeah, I think the the highs, they come, it's, it's always football's a game of lows and highs. So that you can, the lows you go through make you appreciate it when the highs do come. And fortunately, we're on a bit of a, a role at the minute in terms of finishing last season and the way this season's gone. So it's been it's been very enjoyable. But I think that going without it makes you appreciate that even when you have the lows, you're kind of more appreciative of having them, if that makes sense. Mm. Rather than not having mm. it at all. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's like a roller coaster. Yeah, you, yeah, you've got you've got to have both, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, we're whipping out all the cliches here, aren't we? I'd say. <laughs> Um, right, well, I think that's a very appropriate ending to this week's podcast. But before we go, um, we have had a few bits of sad news recently, including the sad passing of Granny Val. And this week we had the news about Leeds United legend Peter Lorimer, who's suffering from a long-term illness, and also that another key figure in Leeds history, Gordon McQueen, has been diagnosed with dementia. So, lads, I'm sure you'll join me in wishing our very best to all of their families and sending them lots of love. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. We're sending you love from everyone here at Leeds United. And thank you, as always, for joining us for the official Leeds United podcast. You can keep your questions and comments coming in using the hashtag LUFCpod. We'll be back with you next week and we'll leave you with a few words from Ruth. Hi, it's Ruth. Um, I love the build-up to a match, especially over the last few seasons, for obvious reasons. Uh, for forever... I went to Allen Road with my dad, but now game day means different rituals with a new bunch of people uh, to share the pre-match pessimism or, or terrifying optimism, usually over a beer. 
um, in the Holbeck with the Scandinavian contingent or our captain's lounge, um, where you're never quite certain the liquid in the cup matches the label on the pump. But I can't wait to find out again. Um, but the main thing I miss is standing with friends and thousands of strangers as the introduction uh, to Leeds, Leeds, Leeds starts and we all sing marching on together. And everyone understands exactly why this matters so much. Um, stresses of life just melt away, uh, replaced by a different 11, of course. Um, and I, can't, I just can't wait to get back to the familiar sights and sounds, even smells of Ellen Road. It's like one of my best friends who I haven't been able to see since lockdown. And I know when we get back, we can pick up right where we left off. Um, apart from it'll be in the Premier League and I relish it more than ever.